This is a shear on. This is a shear on the Kutusichas Chelik Tazayin, the Sicha of Pekude, the third Sicha. I want to say thank you very much to the uh, um, dear listeners to the shear, because uh, I learned the Sicha once and uh, it seemed quite esoteric. I learned it a second time. And if I wouldn't need to give a shear on it, I probably would have not made the effort to learn it again and to look up at some of the background information in the footnotes, which is critical, that ever quotes various other places in the Kutisichas. And therefore, hopefully, with the help of Hashem, I'm going to... Um, I, 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 I was gifted to see it's a beautiful sicha. You need a little bit of background information. And hopefully, I hope I'll be able to transmit it in a way that you too will understand at least, you know, part. What do we see of the Rebbe's, uh, the Rebbe's uh, teachings? We get a, you know, we get a glimpse. Hopefully, I be able to, it's a shame, be able to transmit some of that. But um, having said that, not scaring you off. It's a beautiful sicha, and it's epically, every sicha is beautiful, but it's extremely meaningful, especially because of the way it relates to our mundane lives. Okay, let's jump into it. I hope you'll forgive me for that introduction. <laughs> it's just that I truly, uh, I truly grappled with it, so I want to, um... anyway. Nochdem, Pekude Gimel. After the Torah tells us in detail about the putting up of the Mishkan, and then it speaks about the fact that the Shekhinah, Hashem's holy presence, rested in the Mishkan. The Torah finishes off and says that the cloud covered the tent of meeting, the Eil made the Mishkan. So the Mishkan was covered by cloud, and the glory of Hashem filled the Mishkan. And the Resting of the Shechina was to the extent, it says, that Moshe couldn't come to the Eihel to the Mishkan, to the Tent of Meeting, because the cloud was residing on it, was resting on it, and the, the glory of Hashem was filling the Mishkan, and Moshe couldn't come in. And then the Torah says, when the cloud went up from the Mishkan, then the Bnei Yisrael traveled in all their journeys, and if the cloud wouldn't go up, they didn't go until the day that the cloud went up. And... That's the way the Pasuk finishes. That's the way, that's the way, um, that's the way um, the whole Parsha finishes with the next Pasuk. So this is the second to last Pasuk. Last Pasuk of the whole book of Ayikra. For the cloud of Hashem was on the Mishkan day and night, by day, and the fire was there by night, in the eyes, before the eyes of all the house of Israel, for all of their journeying. When the cloud was there, they stopped. Then when it went up, they traveled. Anyway, so this is the way that the book of, of Shmais finishes. So we have to understand, this, these two psukim that we quoted, second to last and third to last, it says that it's a technical detail about how the Bnei Yisrael traveled. That so long as the, 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 the cloud was there, they stayed put. And when the cloud went up, they traveled. So why doesn't it say that where it talks about the traveling of the Jewish people in the desert? And by the way, it does retell it, and with a lengthy retelling in the portion of Baal the next book, book of Devarim, uh, book of Bamidbar. And that's where it belongs, seemingly, because that's where we're talking in depth about the Seder, the order of how they traveled. And then it gives that detail that they traveled when the cloud went up. When the cloud didn't go up, they stayed put. 
But what is it being put into this parsha, the end of the book of Shemais, where here we've just finished many parshas that describe the instruction of the Mishkan, the building of the Mishkan, the erecting by Moshe Rabbein of the Mishkan, the fact that the Shekhinah rested on the Mishkan, and now it tells us a detail about traveling. What's it relevant here? So the Sephornu explains that the fact that the cloud wouldn't go up until they traveled, it's, this tells us how intimately and, and, and to what extent the Shekhinah was resting in the Mishkan. It was always there, unless, unless they traveled. In other words, saying that, so long, that, that only when they traveled did the, the, the Shekhinah depart is telling you that there's a default. The default is the Shekhinah is always to be found on the Mishkan. Unless, you know, there's no choice. May, may I use, uh, sorry I'm going to do this, uh, and maybe in, in many years nobody will even know what this marshal is. We, we know the marshal of, uh, of uh, what should we call it, of, of corona and wearing masks, right? So how do they tell you about the importance of wearing a mask on a plane or whatever? Only for eating can you take it off. And then only for bites, between bites, put it back on. It always has to be on. Sorry, there's one way of saying something, it always has to be there. And there's another way of saying you can't take it off unless you have to put something in your mouth. That's, that's stronger, right? So this Furnu is saying that, the, the Pasuk here is saying that only for traveling, then the Anan had to leave, it had to move and, and go in front of them. Only Otherwise, it was always there. The Shekhinah was always in the Mishkan. But this explanation is not so is not so smooth, not so glatt. Glatt means smooth, because from the expression of the pasuk, it's evident that he's coming to tell you. He is coming to tell you about how they traveled, not just telling you about the 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 the, the quality of the connection of you know the extent that the shkina was connected to the mishkan. How do you see this? The medrash first of all says, "This is the story of their journeys." He's inserted. Two paragraphs, like two psukim, talking about how they journeyed. So that's not understandable, Eva Like, what connection does the telling us about how they traveled got to do? Over here, it belongs where it indeed is told at great length in the portion of Alesa when it does speak about the travelings. Here we're talking about the Mishkan and the fact that the Shechina is in the Mishkan. Why talk about the, 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 the cloud going up and traveling? The cash is even stronger. Chazal tell us that the continuation between the end of the book of Shmois and the beginning of the book of Vayikra works like this. Vayikra al-Mesha means Hashem called out to Mesha. Why does the book of Vayikra start that way? Because we finish off Shmois saying that what? That Mesha Rabbeinu couldn't come into the cloud, into the oil made. Why? Because the cloud was on it. In other words, there was such a big level of Shechina there, Mesha couldn't go in. So that had to be that Hashem called out to Mesha. Hashem gave him an invitation, called out, that enabled him to be able to come into the El So there's a direct continuum here. So in other words, the continuation, the flow of the psukim here from the end of Shemesh, the beginning of Eka, is Moshe couldn't come in, and then Hashem called to Moshe, and he was able to go in. Why does the Torah interrupt with a side thing, what seems to be a side thing, about how they traveled, that when the, when the, the, the cloud was there, they stayed put, and when the cloud went up, they moved. Base. All things of Torah are exact. Since the Mezrish says that Vayikra al Moshe is, although the beginning of a new Sefer, but it's a continuation of the previous Parsha, 
that Moshe couldn't go into the El Mayit. So we understand that there must be a connection, not just with those in the last sukkim of the previous parsha, the first pasuk of the next parsha, but in the entire content of both parshas. The each these psukim, these individual psukim, are part of a of an entire parsha. Both of the parshas should have a connection as well. In other words, Sefer Vayikra, the whole Indian of Sefer Vayikra is the book of Karbonis. And it comes as an extension of, um, it's actually called Teiras Kayanim, right? It's a book of Karbonis, because what would the Kayanim have to do with the, with the, with the Karbonis? Sacrifices. And that comes as a continuation, not just to the story of how the Beisamik, how the Mishkan was erected, which is the place we have to bring the Karbonis, but also to the details in the way that the Shechina rested in the Mishkan, which is described in the Parsha. In other words, the Karbonis, the book of Ayikra, has, has, has some connection to the description of the process or the way, the quality of how the Shechina was connected to the Mishkan as talked about in the end of our Parsha Pekudeh. We could say, says the Rebbe, that this is also the reason why after it says Moshe couldn't come in because the cloud was on there, the Pasuk takes an interruption and says something that seems unrelated, how the Bnei Sol traveled, which has to do with the fact that the cloud went up from the Mishkan, which is Siluk, the, the departure of the Shechina from the Mishkan, cloud going up. Why does it interrupt with that? Because it's not an interruption. The content, when we talk about Karbonus, which is going to be the next book, is connected even more than with the Shechina residing on the Mishkan, it has a special connection with the journeying of the Yidin, and that which required a departure of the Shechina. And this is going to be exciting. There's something that's, 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 that's um, alluded to. There's some level which departing of the Shechina, the going up of the cloud, somehow relates even more intensely to the Karbonus, which is going to be the next Pasha. And that's why it's there. But the Rebbe says, see later in Seif, in paragraph 8. Now we're going to go into paragraph 3. So the Rebbe is first going to explain a whole introduction, and then wait till the end of the Sikha, the Rebbe is going to explain how this ties into the question we asked. So let's go on a journey now. Let's first understand Bichlal, the book of Shmois, Gimel. The book of Shmois, the end and the beginning, how do they relate? We know that there's a rule that the end and the beginning have, have a connection. Um, so what's the connection here? Let's see, in the other 10, they have a quote, Sefer Yitzira, book of Kabbalah. Primary book of Kabbalah. So there's this concept, we, I think we, do we say it in, uh, we say it in Tikkun Leil Shvuz? No, no, I don't think so. But we do say from Sefer Yitzir in Tikkun Leil Shavuz because it's it's a as I said it's a it's a primary Sefer from uh, of of uh, you know of, and therefore comes in uh, after we say the Mishnah we say Zoyar we say Sefer Yitzir also that was just a parenthetic insertion so what does it say that there's a connection between the beginning and the end so what's the connection between the beginning of the Book of Shmuel the end of the Book of Shmuel well we find there's a connection with counting. Book of Shmois starts with, these are the names. Shmois means names. These are the names of the Bnei Yisrael who went down to Egypt and it starts counting them. And Rashi says, <clears throat> even though they were counted already in the end of the Book of Bereshis, when they come down to Egypt, Shem counts them again because 
of the belovedness to them. They're like stars where Hashem treats each one individualistically. You love something, you count it and give each one individuality. And then the end of the book of Shemesh is Pekudai. Pekudai means this is the counting, this is the account. This is the accounting of the Mishkan, the way it was built. And we start going through all the details of what was donated and how it was used. So, on the one hand, the book starts with numbers, ends with numbers. On the other hand, the content of the book of Shemesh is redemption, going out of Egypt. So how does redemption connect with numbers? I mean, we see that numbers is... A, a, a point that connects the beginning of the book and the end of the book, so that's got to be something central to the book of Shemais. On the other hand, we know the book of Shemais is Exodus, it's, it's Geula, it talks about the redemption of Eden. These seem to be two opposite things. When you count something, it's a sign that there's some limitation. You know, you have the exact count, you have this, this and this amount. And counting it emphasizes that. When you talk about redemption, true redemption, that means going out of all kinds of restraints, can't even be counted. The Rebbe says in Order uh, 16, to point out from Torah Eir, that going out of Egypt is, when we talk about Yitzhiya's Pesach, it's not just going out of the actual borders of Egypt, it's going out of all kinds of meitzodim, all kinds of boundaries, of all seidrish talshlus, so it can't be counted. So it seems to be at odds with each other. Numbers, which seems to be the content on the one hand of the book, and, and, and Geula, which seems to be another, going out of all boundaries. Going out of all boundaries means going out of numbers also. Says the Rebbe, we find this paradox also in the beginning of the book itself. The name of the book is what Shmeis, and the name of the parsha is Shmeis. That tells us there's a certain limited number of Bnei Yisrael, and it lists them who came to Egypt. Then right afterwards, it says that the Bnei Yisrael, they swarmed. They, they had kids like swarms of kids, and they became powerful. And they became many, many. Much, much. They, like, they grew amazingly. So that's, that's speaking not about a limited number. That's speaking about a totally extraordinary growth of, of their descendants. And since that is part of the beginning of Pasha Shmais, so that means that that also somehow relates to numbers. But numbers seem to be more limiting, and this seems to be way, way uh, unlimiting. The end of Pasha's Bukhuda, we also find the, a, a bit of a paradox. It says this is the counting of the Mishkan. So again, when you count, you know exactly what was donated and how it was used, and the way dimensions, how everything was made in the Mishkan. And then at the end of the Pasha of Pekude, which is called counting, he says, oh, you know what was going on in the Mishkan? It was such an epic revelation of Hashem. Moshe couldn't come in because the, the, the cloud of glory was there. The Shechina was, pew, in all of its, in its unlimitedness was there. Hey, <coughs> so we're talking about the limitation of the counting, and on the other we talk about even Moshe Rabbeinu, who's the highest form, the most choicest, most complete human, can't go in. So that's like unlimited. So there's counting, which is limitation, unlimited. The beginning of Shmei, these are the names of the Mesh, all a very exact number, and then all of a sudden we go into unlimited growth. Dalit. So the general explanation of this is even though that the purpose is we should reach the believable, the unlimitedness, which is Gula, which is redemption, to go out of all forms of limitations. That's ultimately what Gula is. Which is higher than the limitations of world. But the 
point is, the kavod, the intention of Hashem is not that we should totally, that, that, that uh, uh, limitation, gvul, boundaries should be, uh, you know, blasted away, should be smashed to smithereens, so to speak. No, that, that there should be a connection between unlimitedness and limitedness. Says the Rebbe in Ha'aret 20, because, and this is dealt with at length in the Kutasich Ischeli Gimel, that only through this way do you really come to the full revelation of the power of Atzmos, of the essence of Hashem. The essence of Hashem is called Nimne Hanimnois. There's a term used in, Chassidus brings it, I think it starts already from books of, uh, of the, it does start from earlier, you know, earlier sources. Nimna Hanimnois. You're going and so on. Nimna nimnois means so. Nimna means something is held back. Something is not possible. Let's say I would say it's uh, nimna for me. It's it's held back for me to be able to uh, to be able to walk to America. I'm in Thailand. The seas there. I can't walk on the sea. Hashem atzmos of Hashem is nimna. It's not possible to say about him hanimnois that there is something that's not possible. Understand? You can't, it's impossible to say that there's an impossibility for him. For us, we have impossibilities. He's so, he can do the impossible, and it's impossible to say that something is impossible for him to do. Which means, one of the impossible things to do is, it's possible to have believable, to have unlimited. But it's possible to have limitation. But you can't have limitation where there's not limitation. Either it's not limited or it is limited. Even you understand that conceptually. If it's unlimited, it's not limited. Hashem, Hashem can't do that. Chas v'sholem, you can't say those words. There's nothing you can say that Hashem can't do. But that's in the highest level. In other words, in the levels where Hashem's emanation comes, you know, the world's, even atzilos and so on, it's believable, where there is believable, where there's unlimitedness, Sorry, it's not, you want me to be limited also here? I'm unlimited right now. Hashem, but the essence of Hashem, the atmos, the essence of Hashem, there's nothing that's impossible for him. So it's impossible to say that he can't be limited and unlimited at the same time. He can be limited and unlimited at the same time. He creates that connection. So, but where do you, where do you feel, therefore? Where do you, where do you get the, 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 the full power that this is Hashem in his essence, so if you look at unlimitedness, oh, so you see the infiniteness of Hashem. Believable, the, un, the unlimited Hashem. Okay, we know that he can be unlimited. But when you look at the limitedness, in other words, as the Rebbe is talking there in the Sicha, you're saying you have to daven in the place of the Beis Amikdash. Hello, if I'm davening to an unlimited Hashem, why do I need that place, a limited place? Ah, that's where Hashem's unlimitedness expresses itself in the limitations of that place. So when I, when I need to be held down to that limitation, I don't make the mistake of thinking, oh, that's, oh, Shem's limited, chas v'shalom. Nobody would even, that, that kind of mistake can't be made. But it's possible not to, it would be more, more probable to say, more plausible to say, ah, in unlimitedness, well, Shem's limited to unlimitedness. God forbid. So where do you see the Chiddush, where do you see that, that, that Hashem is unlimited in everything, in His unlimitation, when you say that you have to daven there because that's where Hashem connected Himself to, so to speak. Mokim, the place of the Beis What? 
limitation? Yeah, oh no, there's unlimitation there also. I, how can there be unlimitation if he tells me it has to be in that place? Oh, because Hashem is unlimited. It is un, in his un, unlimitedness. It's impossible to say. Something is impossible for him. Ah. So that's why it, Dafka in, in the Gashmias, in the place of Gvul, that's where it is Hashem's greatness, Hashem's essence is expressed. Says the Rebbe here in square brackets, back to the back to the inside of the Sikha. As we find about the counting of the Bnei Yisrael, it says that the count of the Bnei Yisrael was like the sand of the sea, which can't be counted, can't be measured, can't be counted. <laughs> That's a posseg that seems to be uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's contradicting itself. It says the count of the Bnei Yisrael will be like the sand of the sea that cannot be measured, cannot be counted. In other words, the count will be that it's not countable. Simply about the Mishkan. The resting of Hashem in the Mishkan, which is higher than limitation. Where was it? In the Mishkan, that was countable. Never doesn't bring this here, but perhaps, perhaps uh, we can mention it. Never brings it many places. That the, the, the Oren, about the Mishkan, the Oren was, had to have exact dimensions, but when you measured from one side of the Kedesh HaKadoshim to the other, without taking the Arun, was, uh, was it, uh, was it um, I don't remember the exact dimension, sorry, it was 10 Amis, let's say, across, or 20, whatever it was, it was that amount of Amis, and then when you went on both sides of the Arun, from the side of the Arun to the walls, it was the same amount as if you went from wall to wall without the Arun. So it was 5 plus 5, uh, and outside the Arun was 10. You get what I'm saying? The Arun didn't take a place. But that's not the greatest, that's not Gili of Atzmos, says the Rebbe, because you could have something that doesn't take a place. But the fact is that if you measured the Oren, it did have a measurement. And yet that measurement and the not measurement, Gvul and, and not Gvul, were together. The Rebbe says, the Mishkan, the, the resting of Hashem was higher than Medina Vagbala. But on the other hand, you needed exact dimensions of the Klea Mishkan. So the Ligvul and, and Gvul are coming together. Why? Says that because since the Hashem's kavana, since the whole the the, the, the supernal kavana, kavana lienis, the Hashem desires to have a place, a dwelling place in the lower worlds. So there needs to be achieved here two things. There needs to be on the one hand a dira, a dwelling place for Hashem. Hashem is totally higher than the world. On the other hand, where does this dira have to take place? In Tachtainim, in the physical world. That there's no lower world in this. It's a it's a world of measure. And limitation. So you need to have this fusion of Bligvul and Gvul coexisting. These two things, uh, uh, chapter 5, these two concepts, one, that it's a dear, it's dwelling place for the essence of Hashem. Two, that it's a dwelling place for the essence of Hashem in the lower worlds. This, generally speaking, we have this um, distinction plays out between the neshamis of Yidin, the, 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 the actors, the main actors in this process of making Hashem Adira, which is Yidin, Jewish people who, have, who are endowed with neshamis, Yisrael, Jewish neshamis, and world. Because the, the pnimi, the in, in, internal intention of making Hashem Adira is what? As we says, Shachanti Hashem is going to dwell in the neshamis Yisrael. That the that the Bnei Yisrael, Knesset Yisrael, the community of Israel, is a mochen leshifta is a base is a for for Hashem's is a is a is a is a, is a place where Hashem resides. 
How does that, what, what does that mean? Since it says that Yisrael and Kotshebrichu, Yidin and the Ebishter are one. So really, Yidin in their most intrinsic and essential and existential state are one with Hashem. And they therefore are the ultimate dwelling place for the essence of Hashem. Because they are one with Hashem. Square brackets here. However, when we talk about we talk about the dwelling place in the lower worlds, the way it expresses itself in world. So, how does it express itself in world? What gets what gets what gets uh, comprehended in the world is that its entire existence is only because of the essence of Hashem. And besides for Hashem, there's no other there's no other existence whatsoever. We'll go back to this in a second. Um, however, the dira, the, the actual dwelling place of Hashem, where does it... So really, in a sense, it becomes expressed by Yidin. Hashem's full intention and residing is in the Shom Yisrael because Yidin are one with Hashem. It just has to be revealed, just has to be uncovered. But they're one with Hashem. And Hashem is one part of Hashem. Where does the dira, however, where do we see the dwelling place of Hashem becoming accomplished? It's in the lower worlds. When the Yidin work, not when they're in the Shamas under the holy throne of Hashem up in heaven, when they come in the lower worlds, in this world, in the lower world. And they make from the physical things a, a vessel for godliness. Because only then comes out, this expresses the essence and the source of the neshama of a Yid. How they're one with Hashem. Because um, in order to be able to, in other words, when do we see what achieves, what accomplishes the revelation of the fact that the Yidin are truly a dwelling for Hashem, they're truly one with Hashem, without any limitations, without any barriers, it's when they're able to uncover that the lower worlds are not, are, are not separate from Hashem. That even the limitation and the measurement and the concealment that's in the lower world is, is not a concealment, it's not a barrier. On the contrary, they're able to make in the lower worlds a place where Hashem's wholeness, where Hashem's uh, uh, presence can be expressed. The fact that they're able to achieve that, the fact that Hashem gives them a mission to make this world a dwelling place for Hashem, the world is, is Gashmias, the world is materialism, course. The fact that they're entrusted with this and they're able to do this and uncover the course, show that no, the world is a place for Hashem's presence to be revealed by the mitzvahs they're given and so on and so forth, using everything and utilizing everything for Hashem's purposes. That shows within them, that uncovers within them their power. How, do they, how can they do this? Their power is because they're actually a part of Hashem. So, um, therefore, what's happening here, again, just to, to sum up, what's happening here is, is, is incredible. The world, the hidden. They're tasked by Hashem to make this world a, a, a dwelling place for Hashem. How, how can they do such a thing? The fact that they can do such a thing is because they too, they too are a part of Hashem. 
he's born, how do you know he's part of Hashem? Because the fact that he can transform the world into being a dwelling place for Hashem shows his power that he truly is a part of Hashem. He truly is a dira for Hashem. So one second, so it's getting expressed in the world, right? And that's showing the power that the Yid has to become a dira. He's, he's one with Hashem. Let's see how this plays out in life. Vav. This will understand the beginning of the book of Shemais is about the, the measure, about the count of the Meneso, and the end is about the Klea Mishkan. Why? Sefer Bereshis is talking about creation. The way it is before the revelation in creation of what its intention is. It just talks about creation. When we come to the book of Shemais, we talk about the giving of the Torah. The giving. We know already, it's hinted at in the Rashi, in Bereshis, that the, the world is created for Torah and for Yisrael. But, but we don't meet the Bnei Yisrael really in the first book of, 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 of the Torah. And we don't meet the giving of the Torah. Definitely not. That happens in the second book. The first book is before we know about, before the revelation of the intention. It's creation. The book of Shemais speaks about Yidin, how they're born into being a people. When are the Yidin born into being a people? The book says, in the birth of the Jews, there's a, a chapter in Yechezkel that speaks about going out of Egypt as being describing it in the metaphoric language of birth. So the Jewish people are born in the book of Shemais at, at going out of Egypt. And the book of Shemais speaks about giving of the Torah. And through B'nai Yisrael and Torah, the intention of, the, of, of creation, which is described at length in the first book of the Torah, becomes revealed. And when we talk about the fact that Yidin carry out the intention of the Bria, which is the book of Shemais speaks about the intention, the ones who are carrying it out and what's being carried out, there's a beginning and end. The beginning and the main and the pnimius of the Kavanah is B'nai Yisrael. That's how it starts off. They're the key actors. They're the key players. And it's about them. It's about them that Hashem makes the world so that their greatness, that their oneness with Hashem should be expressed through what they're doing in the world. Right? So, the book starts off about how they're one with Atmos. That's why counting the B'nai Yisrael to show their endearment, to show that they're one with Hashem, so Hashem loves them. And that's why Hashem counts them. In Torah, it becomes part of Torah, Hashem's counting them and showing His belovedness to them. What's the end? What's the, the extrapolation, the end of that process? The Yidin are the Kavana, and how does that, safe means, you know, when we have a plan, and then what's the fulfillment of that plan? There's a potential, there's an actualization. What's the actualization of the Yidin? Fulfilling their kavana. How do we see the kavana being fulfilled by the Yidin? When they actually carry out the pearl, making a dwelling place for Hashem in the world. As we said, the fact that they're able to transform the world, the, the physical things, into a dwelling place for Hashem exposes and shows and brings out and extols where what their power is, that they're one with. How can they do this? Because they're one with Hashem. So it expresses their. Uh, maybe I just use a, a very loose uh, muscle. How do you know somebody is a strong man when he, when he starts lifting up weights and he can lift up very, very, very heavy weights? You see, oh, this is a strong guy. But well, we can make a, a dear of Hashem in, in Tachtainim. This shows, hey, you know, the Jews are, they're one with Hashem. That's why they can do this. Just by the way, go back to the, to, 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 to our other says, if the book of Benatius is just about creation, doesn't yet reveal to you the, you know, the, the plan. So why is it part of, a Torah, part of the Torah? Ah, it's never says, because that itself in order that should be dirbatachtenim, in order that should be dirbatachtenim, it's through this in itself that first of all the kavon of the bria is hidden, and you got to through aveda, the neshami through their aveda, make the world a dira for Hashem. In other words, everything comes 
Make a dinner for Hashem has to come from a place of concealment. If it's all clear and open and every, simple, everybody knows what you got to do. You know, everybody wants to do what you got to do. There's Aveda. So first, we talk about creation in a, in a way of concealment. We don't know yet the Kavana. Then the second book comes, speaks about the Kavana. Um, then the Rebbe says, so we're talking about the beginning of the, the, the intention is B'nai Yisrael. That's the Panimius. The actualization of that, and in a way, the Chitzonius the, the says the Rebbe in Ahura 36, in other words, there's a Panimius of the Dirbe Tachtenim. That's Nesham Yisrael. That's where the Book of Shmei starts up with. Because their Metzius is, so to speak, it's Kavayochel Le'atzmus. Then there's the external part of making a dira, which is in the world. The fact that the world becomes a place for the expression of revelation of Atmos. However, the Rebbe says here a very subtle thing in the square brackets. As we said in R31, but this is not its place, as it's not a place to give a, a, a lengthy thing about this. That the diri betachtenim is is also not something that the tachtenim the world is being used to bring out the greatness of the Jew. So then it's that then then, the, then the, it's 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 not truly part of the the, the, the tachtenim don't truly become a diri for Hashem. And since diri betachtenim is, is is a plan of atzmos, it can't be um, can't be made up of two things. I can't say I understood this fully, but just pointing it out. You want to listen to some of the other wonderful shirim here on on, 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 on Project Look at the Sichas, or delve into it yourself, look into the Marmachemis, the other Sichas that ever quotes here. A lot of this stuff is is heavily talked about in other places of Likut the ever You know, there's, there's a beautiful, whew, very deep, and I'm sure... Uh, I'm sure you can find more. Yeah, in the in the BL can't share him. Anyway, Zion. Since we talk about that, the shayrish of neshamis or the source of the neshamis of Yidin, out there, one thing with atzmos. Where do you see the expression of that? What reveals that through the fact that they are veda, they work in tachteinim and making tachteinim into a place because tachteinim otherwise are a place of concealment. The fact that they can uncover that and create a dwelling place for Hashem in that place, we see their their intrinsic power. That in the Shem Yisrael, one with Hashem. This we understand. Where does this mainly get, get achieved? More than even building the Mishkan. The Mishkan was officially a place of Gilead because of godly revelation. It's when you're working with a Tachtan, with something that's not officially godly at all. Which Mitzah, that's if you look at it in and of itself, it's not a vessel for, for, it's not a vehicle or vessel for godliness. And even more, not even a time of godly revelation. Because when you had a Mishkan, the rest of the world also was more prone to godly revelation. It's even more expressed in a time when we don't even have a mishkan. There's no godly revelation. And we're not talking about a holy place. We're talking about out there in the world. That's when this gets expressed. And that's why this is the explanation that at the end of talking about the building of the mishkan and the fact that the Shekhinah rested on the mishkan, Hashem says, and they also had another further deeper level in a sense, when the cloud went up. Because the purpose of the Mishkan is to not just be a place where Hashem resides there, but to make the whole Tachtoinim, lower worlds, a, a dwelling place for Hashem. Where does that get expressed? Where does that get achieved? Mainly that the Mishkan should have this effect. The Mishkan gives the Kayak that this should also be whenever they journey outwards. As al explained, the journey in the desert wasn't, they were, God forbid, they were lost. No GPS. They didn't know where they were going. There was Anon. Everything was Mechoven. What was the purpose? We're in a desert, a place of Tklipa. Ah, 
And, that, and this hints on and is allegoric and tells us about the journey later on in Midbar Ha'amim, in the desert of the nations, the Golos times. And that in the desert, you have Shechin Tabagolos, the Shechin is in Golos. And especially in the time of Golos, there's no Gilead Shechina. The Onan went up. The Shechina departs from being revealed in the world. And at that time, the Eden created a dwelling place for the world. They transformed the concealment and the darkness of the world. That also there, there should be a shining of, of Alikus. Now the Rebbe is coming back, he's going to answer, why do we put in those verses about departure, about traveling? And the end of Shmei says an introduction to Vayikra. The Rebbe said at the beginning of Sicha, wait to see if paragraph 8, and I'm going to tell you. Ches. This previous Indian, at the Tachlis of the Mishkan, becomes, uh, the intention of the Mishkan becomes achieved, mainly through the service outside the Mishkan, because that's more concealment, more more Tachdeinim, we have this in the concept of the Mishkan itself, in the fact that the main Aveda of the Mishkan was actually the Karbonis. What's the difference between the actual, um, the actual being of the Mishkan and what was done in the Mishkan? So the Binya, the building of the Mishkan, what was the purpose? It wasn't so much about elevating what the Mishkan was made out of. But it was actually about, there's an elevation and there's a drawing down. It was actually about creating a place down below, where Hashem's Shechina should come from above. That was the real intention, to draw down the Shechina, to allow a place that could express Hashem's holy uh, 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 Shechina down below. And that kind of resting is, is, is way higher than anything that physical, uh, physical things can, can ele- be elevated to. What was Karbonis? So the, the actual presence of the Mishkan was to allow a space for Hashem's presence to pervade. The Karbonis was the exact opposite. It was to take the animal and to uplift, to elevate the animal. And by, by the animal, this refers to all Gashmias. Taking a physical animal and making a, 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 a sacrifice to Hashem. Transforming that into Kedusha. I mean, literally, the animal was turned into smoke and went up heavenward, so to speak. But that, that was showing what was happening in Baruchnias. The physical animal was becoming holiness. It became a mitzvah, it became Kedusha. And therefore, even though the what happened through the Karbonis, which is the Kedusha that comes through this, is a preparation to come to a higher level. In other words, the, the offering of the Karbonis was then going to bring down the Shechina into the Mishkan, into the Aron. And that's why it says Vayikra. Vayikra, Moshe says, and the Vayikra has a small Aleph. The last letter of Vayikra is an Aleph, it has a small Aleph. What does that show on? Says It's Tzimtzum. It's that Hashem contracted his revelation. Because in the Aved of Karbonis, which is what the Sefer Vayikra is talking about, so the Kedusha that becomes Nimsha, that becomes drawn down, is smaller than the actual Kedusha that's in the residing of Hashem in the Mishkan. Because the whole purpose of Vayikra al why is that Tzimtzum? Hashem contracted, so to speak, his presence to allow a space for Moshe Rabbeinu to come into the Mishkan. Vemele, nonetheless, Dafka through this, Dafka through the Aved of Karbonis, you come to a higher, so the Karbonis elevation, in a way, it, it's, 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 it's drawing down Hashem in the Mishkan. So the elevation of the Karbonis, we're saying, is less. It's like a tzimtzum. It's, it's, 
It's, it's a contraction of Kedusha. How much can you elevate? And then what, what happens is a huge, epic revelation of Hashem here in the Oren, we know the holiest place. But nonetheless, even though we're talking about the resting of Hashem and the Mishkan as being the highest thing, Dafka, through this, you come to an even higher intention and function of the Mishkan, to, from, which is to transform Gashmis, transform the physical things into a vehicle for, for Elikus. And that's why we understand why calling out to Moshe and the whole book of Karbonus is an extension of the Psukim, not, of the, not only the Psukim that Hashem rested in the Mishkan, when the cloud went up, Hashem departed, so to speak, because that is the same point as Karbonus. In other words, that the Mishkan gives the power to be able to get to its deeper, even, so to speak, deeper intention to, to create the, from the physicality, to transform the physicality into a dwelling place for Hashem. And where is that expressed? It's expressed even more in a place where the where the presence of Hashem is not so evident, right? Outside the Mishkan, when, 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 when the traveling is going on. Nine, Tess. Even though in the Aved of Hashem, when they traveled, on the one hand, you could say there's a lack of revelation of Shekhinah, there was a the cloud went up, which means there's no revelation of the Shekhinah. The Mishkan was packed up and they traveled. But Dafka through this, this reveals even more the source of the Eden, how they're one with Hashem, and that they're able to impact an even greater Dira B'tachtenim. Aura 44, because even though the, the Karbonis emphasized that as well, but the Karbonis were taking place in the holy place of the Mishkan. Dafka, when you talked about the journeys, they were journeying outside the holy space. Oh, that's the true, that's the true uh, um, expression of these the, 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 these neshamas able to create in the outside space from the Mishkan when they're traveling, when there's a siluk hashchina, they're able to make a dwelling place for Hashem. That that brings out wow, these neshamas must be one with Hashem with Atzmos, and that's why. Rebbe says Yeshlem in R forty four. That's why the reason that the we talk about the journeying, it's much in greater length in the only in the book of Amidah, which is after Karbonis. Karbanas achieved this thing about elevating Gashmis in a certain space, in a certain level, but it's in the space of the, of, of the Mishkan. The next level is to go and impact even the desert, even the space of, 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 of the Golos. Um, yeah. So really, this is the Pnimis de Kapirush of when the last two psukim, the second to the third to last and second to last psukim that we said were why did they come in here at the end of the, to talk about the resting of the Shekhinah? It says when the Anan, when the cloud went up from the Mishkan, that's when the Bnei Yisrael traveled in all their journeys. Take outwardly you saw, see look, the parts of the Shekhinah, the cloud went up. With Pneumius, however, through this Aveda you come to someplace higher than the Anan of Mishkan. You come to a place that's even higher than the cloud of Shekhinah that was on the Mishkan. And then you're able to get to that higher level and draw that down, you draw that down in the place that, you, that you've encamped. So really what's happening is when the Shekhinah leaves the Mishkan, it looks like it's, wow, we just lost our high level of Shekhinah presence. But really it's in order to take us to an even higher level where now we're going to impact even the outside. 
And now when we go and do in camp, oh, now we're bringing that level, this higher level is coming to reside within us. And this is the point. This is the hero of each and, and And the Rebbe says in the Arab 40, 45, this is similar to what it says in Tanya in the introduction, Chinuch Kot, introduction to Shari Yichud Vemona, that it says you have to go from Madrega to Madrega. And then it says, but you know what? Between level and level, there's a falling. Before you get to the higher level, it's a kind of a, you, you go backwards in order to jump even higher. And it seems to be that just that's the way it has to be. In other words, just that's the way it is. This is what we're saying. This never says. This seems to be what we're saying here. The point we're saying here, that that yes, it was the highest level of Shechina was resting on the Mishkan, and then all of a sudden it departed. Oy vey. that seems to be a withdrawal. No, but it was in order to go higher and then to get to your next encampment. But it's not going back to where you were in the first place. It's a higher level now. In between, there's a departure, which seems like it's a problem. But no, it's allowing you. To, to do something even more radical, which shows on a higher level. And what's the point here? That ends, of course, with a practical point. The Hidah, the teaching for us, each and every one of us in our Avedis Hashem, not, notwithstanding the darkness of the Golos, especially a person knows about himself what his individual situation is. The Golos Prati, the individual exile, which is by him. Uh, well, uh, you know. So a person has to know that through the fact that the Yid is committed to do his mission in Bechol Maseim, in all of the journeys, no matter what journey it is. So, so long as his journey is connected with the cloud of Hashem, that only if the cloud goes up, he travels, and if it doesn't, he doesn't travel. In other words, he knows that Hashem is guiding his steps wherever he goes, in whatever situation he may find himself. He knows that he has a mission from Hashem to make a dwelling place. Vimele, even if he's in a place of Golos, and even if he finds himself in an in a, in a internal state of Golos, he knows, okay, I am exactly where I'm meant to be. Now i got to follow the cloud and do what Hashem wants. So then what turns, what that happens, what happens then is that this departure of the cloud doesn't become a Ha'olis, a departure becomes the Malusa, becomes in the, in the good sense. Ha'olis, you go higher than the cloud. The cloud is already, we said, such a high level, even Moshe Rabbeinu can't go in there. We have a Moshe Rabbeinu in each of every one of us. Even that Moshe Rabbeinu in you can't go to the cloud at such a high level of Shechina. But then, no, Shem says, I'm going to give you a, an opportunity to go even higher than that cloud. And then, you have to make sure to bring that level into your next encampment until we reach the level where Yisrael, Hashem and the Jewish people are all one. That's in the journey. Thank you.